What's up, guys? I'm back with our second week of the Chat It Up podcast. I hope you guys liked last week's podcast. And, you know, this week, it's the week before Super Bowl Sunday, so, you know, it's going to be mostly an NFL. There's mo- Most of the talk's going to be NFL, but just like last time, I'll start off talking about what's the sports news over the last week and for all the sports, and I'll just go over that. And then I'll talk about Super Bowl and the predictions and everything about that. But, yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so... Start off in the NHL. Nathan McKinnon had a is had a lower body injury. He's out for a few weeks. That's a big loss for the Colorado Avalanche. As he is a top three player in the NHL. I think he's number two probably. But that's huge for Colorado to lose such a such a great player like Nathan McKinnon. We have uh, the Buffalo Sabers. A few of their games got postponed for the future because of COVID. Um, you know. Upsetting for the fans and stuff. Hope the players get well. And the big news in the NHL over the last week was actually Tony D'Angelo. So he had around 50 points last season as a defenseman on the Rangers. He was their number one defenseman last year. And then he got into a fight with the Rangers backup goalie, Alexander Georgiev. And so then the Rangers put him on waivers and no team claimed him because although he's a great player... He has discipline issues, and he, some teams are saying that they're interested in him. So if they if they buy him out, then some teams may go for him and try, but there's a lot of teams that won't try and get him anymore because of the issues that he had in the locker room. And this is just coming four months after the Rangers signed him to an extension. So it's quite a surprise for us to see Tony D'Angelo, such a great hockey player, uh, have these issues, but... In this season, he only had one point in six games. He was off to kind of a slow start. Um, let's. I'll save NFL for last. We'll go to MLB over the last week. Um, actually, just a a little bit ago, uh, Colton Wong signed a two-year deal with the Brewers. I uh, I don't remember. It was a two-year. I think it was eighteen mil, maybe. But it's, a, it's an alright deal for the Brewers. You know, he's a great player. Um, at that position, you know, they needed defense because Keshin Hira isn't great on the defensive end. But although he has a great bat, so if they continue with the universal DH, then they can play Colton Wong at, at it in, the, in the field. And then they can play Keshin Hira as the DH. And then it will look like a solid move. But I don't know what they're going to do with their infield. Um... Another move that happened, Chris Archer goes back to Tampa one year. I think it was around $8 million. You know, solid signing. They lost Morton and Snell in the offseason, so they needed a pitcher. Now they have Glasnow and Archer, so may- hopefully he has a bounce-back season. And the big the big news in the MLB last week was Nolan Arenado was traded to the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, he wasn't traded for much. Uh, the Rockies actually gave the Cardinals... $50 million as well, and they got some, the Rockies got some lower-tier prospects back, which is a blockbuster move, but it does not make sense for the Rockies at all because they're literally getting nothing back. Um, they're getting no, none of the top five prospects in the Cardinal system. I think the best prospect was their ninth best prospect. That was the top guy that they were getting in the deal, and they're giving away $50 million. Um, Arenado said that he plans to stay with St. Louis, and I know he has some options to opt in and out of his contract in future years, but he'll probably stay, and the Cardinals are going to be a fun team to watch next year. 
I thought they'd keep Colton Wong, but he's gone now. So that's the big news in the MLB over the last bit. Let's get to NBA. So last night there were some massive games. Like we had the let's let's start off. Fred VanVleet, what a performance! Fifty-four points. That's the new record for an undrafted player. He passed Moses Malone, who's I don't consider him undrafted because it was like through the ABA draft and then the merger and stuff. And he was a third-round pick, so I guess like. Shams considers that undrafted, I don't, but yeah, 54 points. That's probably the best performance we've seen this season. I know in fantasy that's the most points out of any out of any player this season in my league. He had like 94 for my team, <laughs> so hopefully I win this week's matchup. But uh, other last night as well, we had Celtics-Warriors. Celtics won 111-107. wasn't a great game because, you know... Uh, Brown and Kemba didn't play well, but Curry went off as well. Um, uh, that's probably it. Uh, oh yeah, Jokic and Embiid, player of, both one player of the month. You know, those two in Durant, those and maybe Kawhi. Those four are probably the the leaders in MVP voting with Luca and LeBron. Like th there's those six, and then Giannis is probably seven. But there's so many guys. Like you can't make a case for. Curry, LeBron, Jokic, Embiid, Durant, Luka, and Giannis, maybe, this season. There's seven guys right there that you could make a case for MVP. And, like, Kyrie and Harden are still playing great basketball. So, the NBA is stacked this year. But, yeah, Fred VanVleet had a great performance. Lillard dropped 40 last night. LeBron James had the... Had the the fan in Atlanta, that incident, I don't know too much about it, but apparently there was some history in the past with LeBron and her husband, So, but I don't know much about it to talk about th that. Um, we had my all-star picks last year. Nothing's really changed. I think now, though, you could, you could really see why I picked Bradley Beal, and the only thing that you could make a case to change would maybe be Jalen Brown and uh, Kyrie Irving, because Kyrie Irving's been playing really well lately, or, or Harden, you could put there. And Jalen Brown's, like, cooled off a bit lately. But I I, I still have Jalen Brown there, just because of how he was in the start of the season. Um, that, The Mavericks are really struggling, and Luka Doncic is not very happy recently. Hopefully they hopefully they step it up. I'd really like to see them in the playoffs with Kristaps and Luka Doncic. And then I forgot one thing in the MLB. We had Dustin Pedroia. Uh, he retired from the MLB. Uh, I think he won Rookie of the Year in the AL and AL MVP in his career. You know, he was a great player for the Red Sox, and hopefully he enjoys his time off. But now, let's get to the real stuff. So, you know, it's the week before the Super Bowl. Mm, I'll go, let's go over it. We got the Chiefs versus the Bucks. Now, this is going to be a really good game, you know, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. Hopefully, we don't see anyone get COVID or get injured right before the game, and hopefully we can see Antonio Brown and Sammy Watkins play. I don't remember the name of the guy, but one of the main guys on the Chiefs O-line is down, and that's going, to be, that's going to be a big loss. But it should be a really good game, you know. Uh, two of the best quarterbacks to going at each other. This might be the greatest quarterback matchup we've ever seen in a Super Bowl. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not too sure who. I, I think I'm going to go Chiefs. 
but it's definitely going to be a one possession game, if not like a touchdown and a field goal at most. But, you know, they're, both quarterbacks are going to go, be going at it. Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback. Tom Brady's probably got the better weapons in running backs because he's got the better running back core. And then if you match up, Tyreek is better than Evans. But then Godwin would be better than this, uh, better than Sammy Watkins. And then Antonio Brown would be better than Michael Hartman. But then Kelsey is obviously better. But overall, Tom Brady has a slightly better offense. Um, Mahomes has definitely got the better coach and offensive coordinator. But I'm going to give it to the, the Chiefs uh, in a one-possession game. I don't know the exact score. But one-possession game, close game, my pick is the Chiefs. Now, going around to some more news in the NFL, we had the big Jared Goff-Matthew Stafford trade. I made a, I made a video on that trade a few days ago. Um, a lot of people are saying that uh, the Rams really overpaid for Matthew Stafford, but I think that it's a really good trade for both teams. You know, um, the Lions are getting two first-round picks and a third, and Jared Goff, who can fill in the quarterback position for a while, and hopefully if they draft a quarterback, he can he can help develop the younger guy, as he knows a lot from Sean McVay. And then the Rams get a legitimate starting quarterback, a top 12 quarterback in the league, who could definitely lead them to the con conference championship or the Super Bowl next year, depending on how uh, if the Buccaneers are able to bring back Godwin and Antonio Brown and Tom Brady gets his receivers back. Or if the Packers, if they lose Aaron Rodgers, then I think the Rams are definitely the favorite in the NFC. It'd be tough to see them win a Super Bowl, but, you know, their defense is really good. If Stafford plays well, Cam Akers has a bounce-back season. And then Robert Woods and Cooper Cup keep up the same production, like the, the same level of play as they have over the past few years, then I think they'll be a great team. Uh, that's pretty much That's pretty much it right now for the news. You know, great Super Bowl. I think it's Sunday, 6.30, I'm pretty sure. It'll be a great game to watch. Oh. Um, in Tampa Bay, first time any teams played home, uh, played a home Super Bowl, well, technically, like, in their actual arena. There's been cases where people have played in the city, but not in their, their arena. But yeah, it should be one of the, I think it, this will come down to be one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. And people will look back at this to, like, show the, the change in generations where, like, Tom Brady, I know people have been saying it for a while, but where he'll be passing the torch to Patrick Mahomes if Mahomes can win. If the Bucs win, then, I mean, he's still got a few more years left in him because he said he's not going to retire, same as Bruce Arians. But uh, this is just going to be a great Super Bowl. Two offenses against going against each other with the Bucs having a slightly better defense. But I see the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. So that's going to be it for the news. And... This th this podcast episode, the the big thing, like how I did the NBA All Stars last last week. Well, since we're keeping it with NFL this this week, I'm gonna give my NFL award predictions. I'll give my top three for each award, and then yeah, the the third place, second place, and winner for all the awards. And let's get into it. Okay, so here we got the awards now. The NFL awards. We'll start off with uh, offensive rookie of the year. In third place, for me, I couldn't decide between Chase Claypool, Chase Claypool or James Robinson. Both players had great seasons. You know, Robinson was undrafted, and I believe Claypool was taken in the second round, Canadian. And um, 
They both had great seasons with their respective team, Robinson obviously on a lot weaker team, being the starting running back, and Chase Claypool being the second wide receiver on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, in second place for Offensive Rookie of the Year, I have Justin Jefferson. So you could make a case that Justin Jefferson deserves to be the Offensive Rookie of the Year. He had 1,400 yards, which was good for fourth in the league, seven touchdowns, which was 22nd in the league, but remember, there's so many wide receivers, and he made the Pro Bowl in his rookie season. But that means, obviously, you know who I have winning it, because it's a two-man race this year. The winner, Justin Herbert. Herbert had 4,336 yards, which is good for 6th in the league. He had 31 touchdowns, which was good for 10th in the league. But remember, he did all of that missing the first week in the season. And you know, what's so impressive about Justin Herbert's season was, he was drafted to come in in the second season and start playing for the team, because they were going to put him behind Tyrod Taylor, where he could mentor him. But unfortunately, Taylor, Tyrod Taylor got injured, and Justin Herbert stepped up for the job, and I think he's going to be Offensive Rookie of the Year. So now to the other side of the football, Defensive Rookie of the Year. In third place, it was between two cornerbacks, Jalen Johnson or A.J. Terrell. Both players had solid seasons, and I think I just couldn't choose between one for a third place for Defensive Rookie of the Year. And... And second in voting, I have Jeremy Chin of the Panthers. He had one interception, two forced fumbles in, on the Panthers. And then the winner, this one's clear, it, it's no doubt, Chase Young. Seven and a half sacks, which is good for 26th in the league. But there's so many guys on the defensive line on a team. And he had four forced fumbles, which was good for third in the league. Chase Young had a very impressive season, and he's going to be a key piece for the Washington football team in their future. So now let's go over to Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, third place, you could go A.J. Green or Gronk. I went Gronk, you know, who was just on a better team. And, you know, it was very surprising for everyone to see him come back. And although he didn't, he definitely didn't have a better season than A.J. Green, it was still so cool to see Gronk come back and reunite with Tom Brady, even though he didn't really get much production. But hopefully we see him, hopefully we see him get a touchdown in the Super Bowl. That would be pretty cool. Uh, second place, I have Ben Roethlisberger. You know, he had a great season starting 11-0 for the Steelers. Unfortunately, they had a very bad end to the season. And, you know, I don't know what he's going to do next year, if he's going to cut his contract, like try and take less to stay for the Steelers, or if they're going to cut him, or what's going to happen. But the winner is Alex Smith. You know, he led Washington to win the division, the greatest division of all time, the NFC East. And they made it to the playoffs. Unfortunately, he was injured. And, you know, looking at the game, if they, if he would have played, that game would have been really close. And, you know, I could have, like, the Washington football team could have easily won that game without him. So with them, I think they, they would have had a good chance to win that game. So, so far, we have Herbert winning Offensive Rookie of the Year, Chase Young Defensive Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, Alex Smith. Let's go over to Coach of the Year. So, in third place, I have Mike Tomlin, coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, just like Ben Roethlisberger, he had a great start to the season, unfortunate end, but this isn't a playoffs award, so Mike Tomlin comes in third. Second place, I have Brian Flores. You know, he, the last year, his team was not very good, although they did make some big moves in free agency, getting a lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball, like Byron Jones. Um... He did take this team, and they were they were one win away from the playoffs. You know, if Tua didn't have a bad game in the last week, they would have been in the playoffs. They just needed 
They needed to win or any of the other teams to lose, and unfortunately it didn't go their way in the last week of the season, and he missed out. But he still had a great year for coaching, and you know, maybe he'll be able to recruit Deshaun Watson to the team. But the winner, in my opinion, is Kevin Stefanski for the Browns. He came in taking over a really bad coach and a, an, an all-right team that had been underperforming. And he took them to the playoffs, the team that had never really been to the playoffs, you know. It had been so long for Browns fans. And the Baker Mayfield-Kevin Stefanski connection is a real thing. So hopefully him and Baker continue to have success over the next few years in the NFL. But I think Kevin Stefanski deserves Coach of the Year. So we've got three, three awards left. Uh, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, and Offensive Player of the Year. So I'm going to go with Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, we'll start in third place. I have Devontae Adams. You could make a case for him being second. He had 1,374 yards, which was good for fifth in the league. And he had the most touchdowns with 18 touchdowns, being the Aaron Rodgers' number one receiver, being the guy, the go-to guy. And, yeah, he showed that with his 18 touchdowns. And he had a lot of receptions as well. I think he was top three in receptions. Uh, number two, I have Travis Kelsey, 1,416 yards, good for second in the league, and 11 touchdowns, which is good for fifth, you know. It was a really strong season for Kelsey, and he really proved to people that tight ends, there are some very elite tight ends, and that Kelsey being one of them, you know, hopefully it hopefully it inspires some people that to know that they can be tight ends. You know, you hear people that when they say they want them to change their position to tight end, well, people aren't that happy about it, but this should inspire some people, and hopefully it creates great opportunities for the tight end position. And the winner is Derrick Henry, running back, Tennessee Titans, 2,027 yards, good for first in the league. 17 touchdowns, which is also good for first in the league among running backs. Uh, he just had an incredible season, you know, one that we hadn't seen in a while. We're getting 2,000 rushing yards, which is just incredible. So he's got to win Offensive Player of the Year. There's, you can make the case Kelsey or Devontae between 2 and 3, but Derrick Henry is the for sure Offensive Player of the Year this year. So we'll go to Defensive Player of the Year, and then we'll go to MVP. Defensive Player of the Year in third place, you know, there was a lot of strong defenders this season. So in third place, we have Xavier Howard, who had 10 interceptions. He led the league in interceptions. Just thinking about that, 10 interceptions, that's crazy. So he was first, the second place had 9 interceptions, and the person who had the third most was 6. So from third to first, that's a 4 interception difference. That's quite a bit. It's pretty incredible how Xavier Howard had 10 interceptions for the Miami Dolphins this season. Second, second and first place for this award could definitely be interchangeable, but at second, I'm going with Aaron Donald, beast on the defensive side of the football for the LA Rams. You know, one of the reasons that they were a six, somewhat successful team this season, making the playoffs, beating the Seahawks. He had a good game, but he got injured in that at the end. But you know, Aaron Donald, 13 and a half sacks, good for second in the league behind the guy who's first. And he had, uh, he was second in the league as, or he, and he had four forced fumbles. You know, that's a lot of forced fumbles. Uh, it was good for third in the league. He was tied with Chase Young there. But that's a lot of forced fumbles for a guy on the uh, defensive line, just like Chase Young. So I had to give him second. And the winner is the, the man, the myth, the legend, TJ Watt. You know, he'd been shadowed by his brother for many years, J.J., but, you know, the Steelers had a strong season, and one of the things was due to their defense where he stepped it up getting 15 sacks, which was good for first in the league 
and he had two forced fumbles, which is also solid, and he had an interception. A defensive lineman getting an interception is pretty rare. So, because of all those, I had to give him Defensive Player of the Year. And now let's go over to the biggest award in the NFL. I don't think there's there's a bit of a debate. There's not much, so I think everyone already knows who my pick's going to be. But in third place, I had a tie between Josh Allen and Derrick Henry. The Bills had a very strong season, finishing second in the AFC. Uh, you know, he was among the top ten in a lot of passing, uh, pass- passing statistics. Didn't lead in many. But he had a strong season with the Bills, so I have to give him recognition. So he's a tie here in third. And he's tied with the Offensive Player of the Year, Derrick Henry. You know, I already talked about it. 2,000 yards. Very incredible season for the Tennessee Titans. Unfortunately, he didn't have a great game in the playoffs against the Ravens, but hopefully, but you know, he had a great playoff run last year, so you know, he cooled down a bit this, but he still had a great regular season, which makes me believe that he deserved, him and Josh Allen both deserve to be third place. I couldn't really decide, so I just put them both. In second place, I have the guy who is in the Super Bowl right now, Patrick Mahomes. So last season, or this season, Patrick Mahomes had 4,740 yards which was good for second in the league. He had 38 touchdowns, and he had, which was good for fourth in the league, and he had six interceptions, which isn't a lot. You know, if he didn't have that one game where he had three interceptions, I truly believe that he would have won the MVP award because he had so many more yards than the, than the leader. Although he had 10 less touchdowns, it's still... It's still... Be- because of those interceptions, like he has one more interception than the MVP, and if he had three interceptions, that would be an incredible season. Uh, only having three, which is two behind the leader who was first. So Patrick Mahomes would have been first, having least interceptions, would have been fourth in touchdowns and second in yards. I think it really would have been a, a really good debate, and I would have gone with Patrick Mahomes if he didn't have that one bad game. But because of that game, the MVP is going to be Aaron Rodgers who had 4,299 yards, which is good for 7th in the league, 48 touchdowns, which is good for 1st in the league, and 5 interceptions, which is also good for 1st in the league. You know, these two are the top two quarterbacks in the league right now. Unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers was knocked to the playoffs, but it would have been really good to see them play in the the Super Bowl, which is what I predicted. I didn't think the Bucs were going to have this great playoff run, but, you know, you can never doubt Tom Brady. So, Aaron Rodgers MVP, great regular season. And that's pretty much it for the awards. So just a little recap, MVP, Aaron Rodgers. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Justin Herbert. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Chase Young. Comeback Player of the Year, Alex Smith. Coach of the Year, Kevin Stefanski. Defensive Player of the Year, TJ Watt. And Offensive Player of the Year, Derrick Henry. So that wraps it up for my NFL awards this season. You know, I hope Sunday, 6.30, we have a good Super Bowl. I mean, the weekend's going to be entertaining in the halftime show. I predicted Chiefs to win by uh, uh, by one score, maybe even nine points would be the most. But I really wouldn't be surprised to see the Bucks win, and this is not a Super Bowl that I'd want to bet on because it's just gonna it's gonna be a great game. It's gonna come down to the wire, I think. But I see Patrick Mahomes bringing it home, beating Tom Brady, and making some conversation about if he could be the future greatest of all time. So I just thought that. As I was filming the, uh, recording the NFL awards, you know, the NBA released their, how, after the first returns, who has, like, the most votes for NBA All-Star, so I thought I'd go over this just for a little extra for the podcast this week. So, 
Let's start off with the Eastern Conference, the backcourt. The two leaders in fan votes right now are Bradley Beal and Kyrie Irving. Bradley Beal leading with uh, 1, 1.2, 1.2 million votes, and Kyrie Irving having just above 1 million. Same as James Harden. James Harden is only like 80,000 behind Kyrie Irving, so there's still a lot of room to improve there. But right after them, it's a big drop-off. You know, I'm really surprised that the guy number four here is that far behind everyone. But number four is Jalen Brown with 590,000 votes. You know, I think that's a bit of a, some disrespect. Although he hasn't been good in the last few games, at the start of voting, I think everyone should have been voting him and Beal. And I don't understand why Kyrie and James Harden are there. But again, they're fan favorites, and it's a fan vote. So, fans be fans. Um... At five, there's Zach Levine. Six, Trey Young. You know, when I did my first votes, Trey Young wasn't having a great season, but he stepped it up a bit, so I understand. Seven is Colin Sexton. You know, I don't know if he deserves to be at number seven, but it's a fan vote. You know, you'll see some weird ones. And number eight is a is a respectful one. Derrick Rose at number eight. You know, got to give some love for Derrick Rose. Everyone wants to see him in the All-Star game. Unfortunately, it's not going to happen, but... You know, I love to see Derrick Rose getting some votes. And then 9 and 10, we have Westbrook and Ben Simmons. Again, 9 is definitely a fan vote, Westbrook. He hasn't played many games, and he's been all right in the games. He just hasn't played many. And then Ben Simmons, 10, he hasn't had a great season. He's been stepping it up recently, but I'm fine with him at 10. Then with the East front court, we have Kevin Durant with 2.3 million votes. Uh, second place, we have Giannis with 1.75. And then in third, we have Joel Embiid with 1.5 million. Uh, all three of those should definitely be the starters unless someone like Jason Tatum steps it up. And Jason Tatum is number four with 822,000, which is far behind, but he's like way ahead of all the other guys that are behind him. With five being Jimmy, six being Bam, seven Sabonis at 327, 307, 186. So you see the big drop off from Jason Tatum to Jimmy Butler and then from Bam to Sabonis. And after Sabonis, there's Randall, Hayward, and Grant, who are all having great seasons. Now over to the Western Conference. Oh, actually, in the Eastern Conference, I just want to say one thing. Um, I'm a bit surprised. Uh, um, I, I think if Sexton and Rose weren't, if Rose wasn't there, I think Fred VanVleet could get in the votes. But it's very unlikely we see a Raptors player in the All-Star game this season, which is would be very odd to see. Uh, in the Western Conference, guards Steph Curry at 2.1 million. Followed by Luka Doncic at 1.3, and then three's Dame at just under a hunt, uh, just under one million, and then it's a massive drop off, like massive. For John Morant, there's in there's like a 750,000 vote drop off. So then there's Jaw Mitchell, Booker, Chris Paul, C.J. McCollum, Shea Gilgis, and at number 10, it's actually Clay Thompson. Uh, hope he's recovering fine. You know. It would it would be really weird if he made it to the All-Star game. What would happen and stuff. But, you know, people love Klay Thompson, so he's number 10. And then in the West front court, LeBron at 2.28 million. And he is actually not leading in voting right now. It's Kevin Durant with him being second and then Steph Curry being third. But LeBron, Jokic, Kawhi, and AD all have over 1 million votes which is very surprising that AD is there, you know. It's a he has double almost the, does he have Yeah, he has double the votes that Paul George does, who follows in at number 5. And Paul George is definitely having a better season than AD. 
I mean, you could make the case Paul George is having a better season than Kawhi. And I don't understand that. An AD should be definitely lower. Six, Zion. That's a fan one. He doesn't deserve to be top six. Same as Wiggins at seven. You know, I love to see Canadians getting support. But he has not been a top seven uh, forward or center in the Western Conference this season. And then eight. Eight, not, eight and nine should definitely be higher with Christian Wood and Brandon Ingram, especially Christian Wood. I think he's having a fantastic season. He should be higher. And then number 10, another one like Derrick Rose. We have Carmelo Anthony. You know, people really want to see him in an all-star game if in case this is his last season. But I don't think they're going to do give what he, they did to Wade and Dirk. What, I don't think they'll do that with Carmelo. Even though, looking at this, if Carmelo Anthony was considered a guard, which obviously he's not, but if he was, he would be sixth. He'd be in front of Booker, Chris Paul, CJ, Shea, and Clay, which is pretty interesting. And then with Derrick Rose, he'd be ahead, or actually, yeah, Derrick Rose would be ahead of Randall, Hayward, and Grant, and Colin Sexton would be ahead of Sabonis, Randall, Hayward, Grant. It's pretty cool to see just going over the numbers and stuff, seeing how fans really vote. I love how they post out the returns, you know. It, it could even change how people vote. You know, they see someone's not getting enough votes and they really want him to get in, well, they'll start voting for him. But that's the recap, and the, now this is going to be it for the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed. You know, we went over the news, the Fred Van Vliet big game, and all that stuff, NFL awards, and now just going over the first returns of the NBA All-Star voting. You know, if you haven't got done already, go vote today. Go vote every day for your NBA All-Stars. I think... I heard something saying uh, 70, the fan vote might be worth 70% this year, which is, uh, you know, it. it's nice to see that the fans are getting some say, but on in that case, John Morant will be in the All-Star game, you know, I don't know if he deserves to be, and, you know, Christian Wood will definitely not be in it, and there's a chance Zion or Wiggins get in, which I, I, I you know, I like it how people are voting for the guys they want. But, you know, when it gets to, when it gets a bit, like, there's guys that, like, like what happened with Bradley Beal last year where he didn't get in. I know it wasn't because of jokes. That's just annoying. That's going to be it for the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed. Next week I'll go over probably, it'll be more of an NBA podcast, you know. I like the NBA more than the NFL, but I'll definitely go over the Super Bowl. And, yeah, that's going to be it. I hope you guys enjoyed. Thanks for listening.